Welcome to another edition of An Artifactual Journey. I'm your host, Philip J. Merrill, and today, as in any episode, you know Brother Man is excited. We have on the phone none other than Sophia Victoria Nelson, the CEO and founder of VisitBlackHistory.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you, Philip. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here with you and the team over at Nanny Jack & Co. Thank you. The thanks is all on you, my new friend and business partner. In preparing for any of our podcasts, we always have the difficult task of digging in our archives to find something that is relevant to the topic at hand. And today we're going to talk about the Tri-County of Southern Maryland. And could you just tell me for a moment, what's the Tri-County, the counties involved? St. Mary's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Calvert County, and then of course, Charles Counties. So I would say my first relationship with, you know, Southern Maryland and what we call the Tri-County area is through band in the Charles County Public Schools. And I was in middle school at Benjamin Stoddard, the band teacher there, a black brother by the name of Joseph Brown, took our band collective to the Tri-County competitions over and over so we would compete you know against students in St. Mary's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Calvert County and then of course I represented and my bandmates represented Charles County so that is my first introduction into you know what we consider the tri-county system but also with athletics the high schools and athletic programs would compete against each other as well. I thank you for that because as a native Baltimorean It's unfortunate that, myself included, we don't know a lot about the significance of African-American history and heritage in the surrounding counties. And as a matter of fact, I guarantee you, if we did a random sampling on the street, most people can't even tell you how many counties in Maryland. (laughs) Would would you agree with me? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and so in preparing for this, we dug deep in the archives and we pulled out a lovely representation of a gentleman from the Mechanicsville area in St. Mary's County. He's actually from a little pocket called Huntersville. Hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's brand new to me, but that's what I'm here to talk about. Oh, with great, you. great. Wa- wonderful. Oh. It works out perfectly, doesn't it? So the gentleman that you're looking at is from a family that was born during the Civil War in St. Mary's County, Maryland. Their surname is Brooks. And what is fascinating about this is the more genealogy that we did, thanks to Veronica, who can uncover all kinds of skeletons in everyone's closet. So so watch out, watch out, visit BlackHistory.com because we might be finding something in your closet. Okay, it could be digitally okay. or physically, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, the good stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Or, or only the good stuff. So what's fascinating about this man is that he was saved from the trash can. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was able to acquire a huge collection from a historic property in Old West Baltimore that has roots in during the Civil War in St. Mary's County. And the gentleman that you were looking at during his World War One draft card, it basically states someone had to read to him the information and he signed his name with an X. And so all of that now has us very interested in digging deeper into the family lineage in that St. Mary's region during the Civil War. I'm aware that there's quite a bit of 
Civil War soldiers coming out of that pocket in that Tri-County area, as well as the St. Mary's College that is just laden with slave culture to the point that archaeological digs have been going on and so forth. And I am going to drop a bomb on you. Okay. I briefly attended St. Mary's College back in the day and had no idea that the campus was so connected to all aspects of slavery. Mm-hmm. So now you have me wanting to physically visit the Tri-County area. And after the pandemic, I would love to do that with visitblackhistory.com, Sophie Victoria Nelson, the CEO. So let's talk about you some more. Your family surname were? Mm-hmm. So many. So if we're going to go with the uh, maternal side, the Proctor family, Newmans, Swans, Thompsons, and then um, if, if we're going to talk about my paternal side, my last name is Nelson, which is my father's namesake, and also the Duckett family. I just got to tell you, I got to tell you, the gentleman that's the Brooks, mm-hmm. a son of the man was closely aligned with the Duckett family in Baltimore. Oh, wow. In Old West Baltimore. So much so that we have funeral programs from Duckett family members. Mm-hmm. Okay, is this six degrees of separation or what? <laughs> I see the connection. Okay. Wholehearted. One other quick connection. The Brooks name is tied into a segregated social pleasure club that also was heavily involved in travel. In 1960... Oh. A group of black men formed a group called the Romers Social Club. And what do you think the Romers did? <laughs> they were traveling to different destinations. And who am I talking to today? Talking to a Romer. A Romer. A sojourner. <laughs> Is this just meant to be or what? Absolutely. Goodness gracious. So growing up, were you entrenched in black history or not really? The latter of the two, not really. Of course, you know, I knew the basics, you know, our our usual ancestors that come up in black history conversation. But aside from living it, living, you know, black history, I wasn't really interested in learning it. But, you know, my parents, they were black. They lived black culture, you know, listened to black music. So I wouldn't say that. They were trying to keep anything from us. They just busy parents. Right, 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 right. So wasn't part of that family structure. So did you have um, family reunions where, where history was brought up, or at Thanksgiving, or at any time where the elders got together? Were, were you exposed to that type of experience? Yeah. So that's why I say like I live Black history because family reunions. Ever since I've been a child, that's been like one of the highlights of our life, you know, being able to come together every three years, the Newman family. On average, our family reunions can range anywhere from about 150 people to on the, the, the end when people are really coming out to about 300. Nice, nice. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And did you get to go and visit any historic cemeteries or any property that your family may have once owned in the past or an old schoolhouse? Were you connected like that in the Tri-County area? Mm, Great question. So one of our favorite pastimes with my parents on Sundays, we would just get in the car and we would just go riding. And we would always end up down in like Cobb Island where my, my maternal grandmother was born and raised. And my mom would, you know, take us to like 
a church, and she'd be like, you know, your great great such and such is buried here. I love it. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. And so now, are the wheels turning that one day you may create something that could build off of some of this family experience? Mm, I know the day, the exact day that it was planted in my heart and soul to do this work. So I also come from a long line of men and women who have had careers with the National Park Service. Okay, okay. One of which is my father. And my father, he, he... worked on the maintenance yard so basically the lawnmowers in the national capital region but he was part of a team that were repairing those maintenance vehicles to keep the properties you know and the the lawns looking beautiful and green so one day we did a staycation we just stayed in the in the dc area and he took us to a park over in virginia and he was just randomly walking and then he walked us over to a interpretive sign and he was like you know I put installed this sign I put this sign in this park and I was just looking at him as a child and I was like so amazed I was like my father had something to do with how people experience this park and he he was just like in my eyes at that moment he was kind of like a superhero right so right, right. yes at that very moment in time God was like you too my child you too will work in this type of work yourself. So. What a profound statement and experience. You come by this through the DNA, in other words. Mm-hmm. Let's fast forward to how did you come across Nanny Jack and Company or Philip J. Merrill, and, and, and why did you reach out to us? Yeah, so over the past uh, three years, ever since 2017, I have been actively looking for ways to learn about black history. In addition to looking, I also share my findings through the website called visitblackhistory.com. So I go out and I look at black museums, museums that are holding temporary black exhibits. I look at documentary film. I look at historic sites, historic neighborhoods. But of course, with the pandemic and even before the pandemic, but more so with the pandemic, I have been looking at how black history is being interpreted in the digital space. So, you know, a lot of the museums have been able to respond really well with producing content virtually on platforms such as a Facebook Live and Twitter and Instagram. And in a similar fashion, I was in a Facebook group, the International African American Museum Facebook group, and I saw where you and Veronica had posted some videos of your <laughs> artifactual collection. Artifact, yeah, like sure, sure. Enjoying the way you, you two really shaped a narrative around objects. Right, And that's yeah. how that came about. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for being alert, as the folks say, being woke, because today we do have to find new ways to interpret, preserve, and disseminate accurate black history. And I think visitblackhistory.com can play a major role in that movement. So hat tip to you. And we're just excited to be able to publicly share that we are excited to work hand in hand with visitblackhistory.com. Oh, wow. Amazing. I want to say this in response to what you just expressed, Philip. Thank you for that. For anyone listening to this program today, anything that you are pursuing in life, for that one email that Philip and Veronica responded to, I sent out probably 10 more. <laughs> and those resulted in not responses. So 
<laughs> I say that just to say just keep going. Every day find that little spark within your heart to just try again and believe in your purpose. And the 10 that didn't get answered to receive a response from a nanny jacket co. And the body of work that they have produced and that is available to all of us online. Thank you for that because we also feel that way when we reach out. Some days I wonder how and why I am doing what we do and is it working? But at the end of the day, the ancestors gird me up and say, keep going. We got you. And so between the ancestors and the high beliefs that we believe in and the impact that we have and often the impact that we have, we don't know right away. It may not be until down the road that you get an email or a text or someone sees you somewhere and say, by the way, you don't know what you've meant to me and I've been following you or a big fan. So this is a mutual admiration society that we have going here. I love mutual admiration society. Right now, what we're trying to do is more important than it's ever been in present day history. It's true. The reason I moved into working initially on a database of black historic sites is because I read a case study by the University of South Carolina where they had found that people were coming to the state of South Carolina and had a genuine interest in learning about black history and the culture that had been preserved and is being interpreted there but they just did not know where to find that information. And where where, um, Visit Black History is going to make it a little bit different is we want to create a digital community. So we want the everyday person to be able to engage with the culture producers like yourself. So as we come full circle, what would be a parting shot to close this up? As you mentioned earlier, right now there is a really huge lens on how black history is being interpreted and these conversations have been going on for a long time but because of all that has transpired in 2020 it's been a real wild year for people in general and black americans i think people are really just considering how they can learn about people who don't look like them and black people wanting to learn about themselves too in this process Juneteenth was like a super duper popular holiday this year. and it was- Back in the late 90s, your boy spoke at Hampton Roads in the Portsmouth, Norfolk area at an early Juneteenth celebration. I curated a smaller public exhibit and gave a lecture. So I've watched the evolution of Juneteenth. I think it was just going back to, like I said, with, with my parents, like we weren't going to a lot of cultural festivals like that. We weren't part of those communities, but like you said, you've been doing this type of work since the 80s. There's a a spot down here in in Georgia. They have a small town there called Lincolnville for obvious reasons. They've been celebrating Juneteenth since 1865. Yeah, now that's what's up. That's what's up, right? Right? You know, a friend this morning, she just sent over this totem reading, and it deals with, you know, spirit animals. And she managed to pair up one with my birthday. The spiritual path that is associated with the deer totem is sharing what one has learned or experienced for growth. Mm, mm, mm. My, my, my. Yeah, and that's the thing about Visit Black History. I also have to put this out there that it's also looked at as a wellness tourism community. And I say wellness because learning about yourself and discovering who you are through the past and like the shoulders of giants that you're standing on to get that information 
enriches you and, and lets you walk with a sense of confidence. And you you mentioned it earlier, you feel up, you know, about going through certain things and, you know, feeling the depression and feeling like, am I making the right decision? That's one of the reasons why I jumped behind history, because every time I would pick up a history book <laughs> or watch a film about someone that I admired, Shirley Chisholm, one of my favorites. Unbossed, unbossed. <laughs> unbossed, a bad know, woman, yeah, yeah. Unbought and unbossed. That's and right. I see what she went through. And I'm like, if she could go through it and still live out her life purpose, I yep. can too. And Wellness, and I hope that's what people can learn from this material and the content that you're producing through Nanny Jack and Co., and so many others. Thank you, Philip. No, thank you. And I look forward to future conversations. You got me all fired up. Not that it takes much to get me fired up, but to be with a kindred spirit always enriches my soul and my energy level. So I just want to say kudos to you. We'll be in touch. Keep up the good work. Stay safe, my friend. Sounds great. Thank you so much.